Good morning. <laughs> Welcome on this Easter morning. Happy Easter. Couple of things I need to remind you of before we begin our worship together. Prayer request cards are available. Um, I can't, I'm not sure who is handing out the cards. Are you, are you doing? Okay. If you have a prayer request, if you'll just raise your hand and somebody will give you a card. Reminder that Sunday school will be meeting today in the, uh, the Sunday school class that's been meeting in here will meet today. Uh, so please leave these first eight rows uh, chairs instead of breaking them down at the end of the service. Uh, the church office is closed tomorrow for the holiday. I wanna thank Katie and all her helpers for those of you who were here yesterday, you had a great Easter egg bash indoors, but it was still great. And we were happy and thankful for all that attended and all the helpers. Just a reminder that there is no confirmation class today, but next week is the orientation for the confirmation retreat next Sunday afternoon. Also remind you that next Sunday will be the Finance Committee and the Church Administrative Council, which is postponed from today. Christ is risen. Amen. It's all yours, girls. Good morning. It's so good to see everyone this morning. We're going to worship, and we're going to sing, and we're going to praise. And will you stand with us? This morning, he's alive, and we are so grateful, and we're so thankful, and it makes us very excited. He's alive. pray together. Dear Lord, we are so thankful today. We are so happy. We are Easter people and we are raising you up, Lord, this morning. We are thankful for your promises. Your promises are so true, Lord, that when you say that you're going to do something, you follow through. And that's what Easter is all about, Lord. We are thankful. We are so thankful that you followed through on that cross, Lord, carrying our sins and then raising, raising for us three days later. Lord, we thank you for that, and we lift you high, high this morning, higher than any other name. We praise you. Amen. How many names can I use to explain the love of my Jesus? The life that He gave, and so many times will I praise You today. 
greet your neighbor. Tell them good morning and happy Easter. And children, come to the carpet. Good morning. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Um, I brought something with me this morning, a cup of water. Well, it's not really full of water, um, and it's not quite half full. So there's, some, there's a couple different ways we could look at it. Some people might say that it's almost empty. Who would say that it's almost empty? Who would say that it's almost full? Okay, so we could look at it a few different ways. Well, what what if this happens? Are y'all watching? That's why it wasn't halfway full. So how, how can we look at it now? There's nothing in it. So we solved that problem of looking at it different ways, right? It's gone now. Well, now everyone who looks at the glass could say that it's empty, but maybe everyone still wouldn't look at the glass the same way. Maybe somebody would look at the glass and say, I'm going to complain now because it's empty. It's all gone. There's no more for me to drink, and I'm thirsty. And maybe someone else would look at it and say, Look, it's empty. We can fill it up with something different. Maybe I don't want water. Maybe now I can have juice because it's empty. I can fill it up with something different. So there are still different ways that we could look at this cup. Well, on the Sunday morning after Jesus was crucified, a woman named Mary went to the grave to visit where the body of Jesus had been laid. When she got there, she found that the stone had what? What happened to that stone? It had been rolled away. And she um, ran and found to tell someone what she had seen. She found two of the disciples. Do you remember who she found? Peter and John. Exactly. She found Peter and John. And she said to them, they have taken our Lord from the tomb. And I don't know where they have put him. The three of them immediately ran to the tomb together. And when they got there, they all saw the same thing. But just like we talked about this cup this morning, they didn't look at it the same way. Peter looked and was curious. The Bible says Peter went into the empty tomb and he looked around. He saw strips of linen laying around and the cloth that Jesus had been buried in was folded neatly and placed where the body had been. Hmm, very interesting, Peter might have said to himself. Well, Mary looked... And she was sad. You're right, Natalie. The Bible tells us that Mary didn't even go inside the empty tomb. She just stood outside and cried because she feared for what had happened. John looked and he believed. The Bible says that John went inside the tomb. He saw and he believed. 
Now, I don't know exactly how much John understood, but I think he believed that Jesus had risen from the grave just as he said he would. So three people, they all saw the same thing, but one was curious, one was sad, and one believed. So I think that pretty much the same way that they reacted to the story is how we can react today. We can hear the story and we can be curious and want to know more. We can hear the story and it can make us sad because it is kind of sad what had to, Jesus had to do for us, right? Or we can hear the story and we can believe. And so that's what we're going to think about on this Easter Sunday. We're going to hear the story and we're going to be excited about it and happy about it and we're going to believe. Will you close your eyes and repeat after me our prayer this morning? Dear Lord, today we look into an empty grave. Help us to all see and believe that Jesus has risen just as he said he would. Amen. Let us bow our heads in this time of prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O gracious God, this wonderful day in which we celebrate the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead, we're reminded that it is all about love, your steadfast love. And we give you thanks for this love and for the goodness that you pour out for us. And because you are our strength and our might, you have become our salvation. And we sing of this victory over sin and death and the grave. And yet we must still confess, O oh God, despite the wonders of all that you've shown us throughout our life and in throughout creation, we still often set our eyes downward and towards the earth instead of upward and spiritually towards you. And when we keep the message of your good news to ourselves or we fail to love others, we, have, we are not abiding in the way you would have us to go. And so we pray this day, O oh Lord, that you'd forgive us where we have failed and that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'd fill our hearts again with rejoicing and you let us go out into the world this day and each day and sing your praises with our voices and with our actions. And you would empower us to carry your message so that everyone may be brought and know of the love that you have for us as found in Christ Jesus, uh, crucified, dead, buried, and risen to life. Now his victory promises that we will all live forever in his presence. And we know that and we look forward to that. But between now and then, there are a lot that need help, O oh Lord, in many different ways. And we pray and lift up to you all those on our prayer list, those that we name in our hearts now.
and others, O oh Lord, that we would pray for this day uh, who are inflicted either by illness uh, in the body or maybe their spirits are low or they may be mourning a loved one's passing. And we pray that the same power that brought you to life and, and brought uh, the victory over death, that that would be with the family of Mike who passed this past week, a friend who was severely injured in a sporting event last week. We pray, O oh Lord, for Anne who continues her radiation treatments. We pray, O oh God, for many this day. And we pray that that same power which brought life from death would bring wholeness from that which is broken and give to them and us peace and let us all accept your good and perfect will in this and all things. And so in this day of celebration, hear us as we lift these things before you and in your mercy grant them for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord who taught us to pray saying these words, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On this holy Easter, I would ask that you would stand this day for the reading of the gospel. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, and an angel Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. The angel's appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, and he is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead, and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. And so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. And they came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Oh God, we are so grateful for you in so many ways. And we're grateful for the four accounts that we have of your resurrection and appearance in the Gospels. 
and how each one, as we were told a while ago, saw things differently and recorded what they saw as they investigated and looked and saw the empty tomb and then met and saw the risen Lord. We pray, O oh Lord, this day that we would once more uh, peer into the tomb and find that it's empty and see instead that it is filled with joy and help us this day once more to proclaim uh, ourselves as Easter people, uh, those who believe in the risen Lord and his resurrection and his return someday. We pray in your name, amen. Well, I feel a little bit like Art, Art Linkletter. Any of y'all remember him? I'm really dating myself if I talk about Art Linkletter. Some of you kids out there might remember, maybe slightly, or have been told he wrote a book called Children Say the Darndest Things about his time on television and the show that he used to have. And in the book, he tells about asking a little girl to tell him about Easter. And she said, well, Easter is when Jesus comes out of the cave that had been closed up with a big stone. Really? Well, what happened next, said Linkletter. And the little girl smiled ever so sweetly, and she said, Jesus saw his shadow, and we had six more weeks of winter. <laughs> I think that's pretty appropriate. What can I say to you today that you do not already know? Probably not one thing. What can I give you that's a new fact uh, that without making it different than the facts as they are? I could point out to you that in each gospel, the, the, each one has and remembers a little bit different what happened that morning. Uh, the men kind of remember that they were the first ones to figure it out, and the women remember they were the first ones to figure it out. I'm probably guessing that the women are right. What do you think? That's the passage we used this morning. But the thing is, we, don't have to, we do not have to explain the resurrection because the resurrection explains us. It establishes who we are. It ex establishes why we're here. And because Easter happened, because the resurrection happened, the church happened and you happened. But the story of Easter is so familiar that we sometimes, I think, fail to hear the many details that are really in all the different accounts. And so I want to look this morning at this account and point out three details that you might have missed. And maybe we'll gain some new insight. Maybe I'll tell you something new. Maybe you'll hear something new. First of all, the stone was rolled away. Oh. Everyone, oh really, Joseph, I think we knew that. Now, wait a minute. The stone was rolled away not to let Jesus out, but to let us in. I say this because the idea that God rolled the stone away from the door to let Jesus escape is inconsistent with the resurrection appearances of Jesus recorded elsewhere in the Scripture. Appearances in which He would suddenly appear in the midst of the disciples, even when they were behind closed doors. You know, today is when Jesus rose from the dead, but he doesn't go to heaven for about 50 days and appears many times. Closed doors never kept Jesus in or out of anything. 
And I think Matthew, in his account, wants us to be clear about that in today's reading. He says clearly, if you called it, that it was after Mary Magdalene and others had come to the tomb that there was a great earthquake and the angel rolled the stone away and set upon it. Jesus had already left the building before this happened. The stone was rolled away, not to let Jesus out, but to let us in, to let us see in. You see, because for centuries, the curious have always wanted to look into the dark depths of death. We've always wanted to know and discover the mystery of death. But the tomb is sealed. It's sealed with secrecy. And we did not know, and we had not heard, and we had not seen anyone who had returned from being sealed in the tomb. So that tomb has always mocked us, or the tomb has always scared us. It still scares some today, because it has always stood for a dead end of all our efforts in life. But the angel tells the women on that first Easter morning to look inside the tomb. Come, look, come in the tomb. And other accounts we have where Peter and John did go inside the tomb. Do not be afraid, the angel says. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he is not here. He has been raised as he said. Come, come and see the place where he lay. You see, Easter rolls the stone door of the tomb away for us so that we might penetrate the mystery of death to help us not to be fearful. It makes for us a tomb, a tunnel. It makes of the tomb a tunnel, a tunnel into the heart of the eternal. And it shows us that the holy heart of God is about love and life. God is the author and perfecter of life, not death. God rolls the door of the tomb away, not to let Jesus out, but to let us in, to allow us to see that Christ's promises are true, to let us see we need not, need not fear the tomb ever again. That's the first detail. Second, the tomb is not empty. What? I thought you just said Jesus wasn't in there. Right. Christ's body's not in there, but the place is filled. It's filled with the words of the angel. It's filled with the words we just said, said we just heard, the words that say, Come, look, he's not here. It's filled with those continuing words that say, Come and see. It's filled with those words that say, go quickly and tell the disciples that he's been raised from the dead and is going ahead of you to Galilee and there you'll see him. It is filled. They did not look and go and enter into a silent tomb. They entered one that was filled with the presence of the angel and filled with the presence of God's promises and words. If those women had just looked into an empty and silent tomb, if there had been no angelic presence, no words filling the tomb, then their resurrection faith might have been based on pure speculation. Speculation like, well, wonder what happened to his body. 
It might have been filled by an assumption of the moment. It might have been filled by an argument based on negative evidence. But no, their faith and our faith is based on a word spoken to us by God's holy angels. It's based on God's holy promise. It was spoken by Christ before He died. And it's been spoken to us ever since, over and over and over in the Scriptures and in days and in sermons. The angel was present that day. And that word that the angel had from God echoes, in my opinion, and re-echoes within the Easter tomb. And it fills the tomb. It fills it. So it's not empty. It's full. It's full of life. It's full of joy. It's full of words. And those things fill the emptiness of the world. They fill the emptiness of our lives. He is risen. Is the word of life that fills the tomb. And the tomb then has become a trumpet. A trumpet proclaiming the victory of life over death. It has become a trumpet that sounds constantly reminding us of the continuing presence of Christ with us and the mission we have in the world. First we go to Galilee and ultimately to the ends of the earth. The tomb is empty of Christ's body but it is filled. It is filled with the presence of the angels and the words of God. This tomb is empty of death but it's filled with life. And that's a detail we should remember. The third and last detail is this. And it kind of fits with the first two, of course. But it's also something that happened in real time, as all these things did. And that is that in the response to all this, the women turned their backs on the grave. Because of Easter, we can turn our backs on the grave. There is no other recorded evidence or tradition that says that they came back over and over to the grave. There's nothing that says that they had to keep coming back because they weren't sure that really had happened or that they weren't sure what they saw. No, once they heard and saw that the stone had been rolled away, that they were able to enter the tomb. And once they heard and saw that it was filled with life and joy and the words of God and not Jesus' body, the scripture says that after they heard the angelic assurance, He is risen, it says that they turned their backs on the grave and ran with great joy to tell the disciples. With great joy to tell the disciples Joy is the key word here. The tomb is no longer to be feared. And we can turn our backs on it forever. Christ was buried, but he wouldn't stay dead. The tomb could not hold him. And because of him, the tomb cannot hold us either. You know, it's really important sometimes to read between the lines. I, I shared this with the folks Thursday night, that we forget that Jesus was arrested on, at night, but not brought before Pilate to the next day. And even though it does not say that, 
He was held overnight, imprisoned. You have to read between the lines. And that's the way it is with all of Scripture. You have to hear and see what's going on. The women turned, turned away. They turned away from the grave and went to tell the disciples. And along the way, they saw and met the risen Lord. Hallelujah. The tomb cannot hold Christ. The tomb cannot hold us either. And this is indeed what Jesus promised us before he died. A promise that seemed at the time totally incredible. A matter maybe at best of metaphor. But because of that first Easter morning, we now know by a matter of fact and substance and witness accounts and tradition has carried on and passed on to us through all the years that we can say hallelujah on Easter morning. And we can be reminded that the stone was rolled away from the tomb for us to go in, not to let Jesus out. To show us that death is not the end, but it's rather a new beginning for us. A beginning that proclaims victory of life. The victory of life when it's lived in Jesus. And and help us to understand that we need to be part of what promotes life. We live in a time when the culture of death is very pervasive. We are those Easter people. We are people of life and new life and resurrected life. And we must turn our backs on this culture of death. And we must face our future with faith and hope and and bring people out of the darkness that they're in into the light of Christ this Easter. And so we should live in, in hopeful expectation. And we should no longer fear. My friends, there's nothing I can tell you today more important than simply to tell you that the stone is rolled away and now it contains words of joy. And let us carry on those words of joy. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us respond to the Lord. Let's stand and affirm our faith. Let us join our voices. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus the Word made flesh to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life and in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward as we return our offerings and our tithes to God. Amen. Please feel free to sing with us.
together.
My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, heroes and Take those blessings. Go forth with those blessings and live those blessings. Amen. Have a great week.